Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. It's important that as we go year after year, that the reason why we celebrate these new years is because we do it to be able to reflect on the past year and to build on every year. And it's so important that every single year, just like you do in school, like you go from third grade to fourth grade, from eighth to ninth, from ninth, every day you're building, your mind is expanding, your body is changing, your heart is growing. So much in your life needs to be growing. And you have to make sure that you're building on a foundation, right? You have to have a foundation to build on. You can't just go through the motions and just hope that one day you're going to get to where you're supposed to get to. And so I want to ask you guys, if we were to look back, how would you describe your 2023? You, you started going to the gym for the first three days, four days. Maybe you got to a month. Um, maybe you, you changed your eating habits. Now you're eating healthy or you stopped eating healthy or whatever. Maybe, maybe there's some type of change. I want you to look back and say, what was 2023 for you? Maybe you started reading the Bible. You started a Bible plan. Maybe you finished the, the, the Bible in the year plan. Good for you. But it's so important for us to say, okay, what did the world look like in 2023? You have the Ukraine war, Russia-Ukraine war. You have the genocide in Palestine. You have like, I don't know what the numbers are right now, but we're talking about 25,000 dead. Half of them are children and women. 2023 was a very dark year. So inflation, people's, like their, their paychecks are shrinking. Their, their, their expenses are increasing. People are going through so much. You see, 2023 was not necessarily the greatest year. There's war in Ethiopia. There's stuff going on in Congo. The world is almost falling apart. And we have to be able to say, okay, what happened in my year? And now where am I? Where am I here at the end of 2023? If you're supposed to transition into 2024 with a new vision and more growth and a new season and change in your life, you need to say, where am I? What have you changed this year? Sometimes I, I, I deal with people that you know, have, have struggling habits. And as they're coming to me, they're talking about one habit and they're picking up new bad habits. And I'm like, you got enough going on. Why are you like, like I'm addicted to this and now, oh yeah, I started smoking or now I started drinking. Like you have enough to deal with. Why are you adding more? It's a person that has no aim in their life. A person that as we're supposed to be building year after year, maybe, maybe you're that person, you're declining and you're saying, actually, now that I think about it, I was way better in 2021 than I am in 2023. That's not a good sign. And this is why, as the world seems to be going downhill with all of these things going on, there are people in the midst of a falling world that are actually shining and growing. And they're full. And you talk to them and you're like, this person is another person. You know any of those people? Have you seen anybody that in 2023, like, 
I can't even recognize him or her anymore. They're like a different person. They're just shining. They're so committed. When you talk to them, I love to hear every, anything that comes out of their mouth. Do you know those people? Can you identify those people? Are you one of those people that said 2023 was just something different in my life? So this is a time of reflection to start looking inside. And our theme this year is he leads me beside still waters. And that comes from the Lord's, um, the, the, the great shepherd psalm of Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Okay, He leads me to green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. We want to talk about what are these still waters and why do we even want to talk about that? You see here, you have these sheep looking into still waters and what are they seeing? What are they seeing here? They're seeing themselves. And so still waters are where we need to be. And I'll tell you why it's so important. So many people, I want to speak very, very frankly, okay? So many people, because of the sickness of our hurried lives and our busyness, and I have basketball practice, and I have exams, and I have studies, and I go to Bible study on Tuesday night, and then I, you know, do this, and then we hang out on Friday night, we hang out on Saturday night, we hang out on Sunday night, we hang out on Monday night, I have a test on Tuesday night, and I'm going to school all day. How many of you guys can identify with what I'm talking about? That when you think of your schedule, and if you have a down day, you feel depressed, actually. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, my life is falling apart. I'm alone. There's nobody thinking about me. Nobody asks. How many get like in those moods? Like it's a rainy day outside. It's like the one day in the week you didn't go out. You're kind of chilling at home. And all of a sudden you're like, where's my life going? I don't have any friends. Nobody loves me. How many of you guys get those feelings? I get those feelings sometimes. It's like literally the, the three hours of, of like nothingness. And I'm like, where's my life going? Right? Be careful of what's happening in the sickness of a busy, hurried life. It's draining us. We're constantly giving, not out of fullness, but out of our own emptiness. What comes out of you is empty words. Your words are empty. And maybe you don't feel it, but you want to know what the bad part is? People that you talk to feel it. The people that you're talking to feel you're so empty. You add no value in anything that you say. You just talk about nonsense day after day after day. How many of you know somebody like that? How many of you are thinking, yeah, I'm that person. I'm that person. Empty. My decisions are foolish. My relationships have no meaning. There's no joy in them anymore. They're founded upon emptiness. Something that we really need to understand here in this verse. He leads me beside still waters. The key word is stillness. David says in the Psalms, he says, be still and know that I am God. You're saying, Abuna, your theme is about stillness? Like, really? You're going to talk to us about stillness? Yeah. I'll tell you why. Because it is so dangerous. It is so dangerous that if we get to a point where everybody is empty, the reason why is because you can't discover God unless you have stillness and silence in your life. And you're like, Abuna, you came to the wrong generation. This is not the generation to talk about like silence and solitude and no distractions. You're like stuck in like 1980 
Like, th that is not this age. Find this message, go to some monastery and give this talk to somebody else. Look at what Isaac the Syrian says. He says, silence is the mother of prayer, a continuous ascension to heaven. He says, love silence diligently, for in your souls you find life. Remember I was talking about being drained and empty and like nothing fills. You go to a hangout, you came back worse off than you were before you went, and you're just like, what is wrong? You go to a retreat, you get filled, you come back, you start, you bonded with a bunch of people, you got so connected, you start hanging out, and you're like, that doesn't feel like how I felt when I was at the retreat. What's wrong? You're saying, Isaac is telling us silence is the mother of prayer, meaning it gives birth to prayer. It gives birth to connection with God. John Climacus, the, he wrote this book called The Ladder of Divine Ascent. It's a ladder of ascending to God. He teaches us that the purpose of stillness is to descend with your mind into your heart. I'll explain what that means. And to stand in the presence of God. You see, God is within you. God is within you. And when you can quiet your mind, and you can quiet your heart, and you can go, you can find God not in some faraway galaxy, but He's within. And you will never discover God until you quiet your life. Be careful. Be careful. It's not just, like there's a difference between quiet, like okay, we're sitting here quiet. I don't feel anything. No, no. There's a difference between like no noise and silence. Have you ever been to, anybody ever been to like the desert? Anybody like go to like St. Anthony's Monastery in Egypt or in California? Anybody ever? Okay. It's so quiet you can hear the silence. It's like like overbearing. It's like shushing your soul. It's like quieting you down because there is something so deep and so profound in nothingness. And none of us have it. None of us have any nothingness for a minute. All of a sudden we're sitting in a room, it's a little awkward, nobody's talking, what do I do? I, I can't handle having an awkward eight seconds in a conversation, right? All of a sudden, somebody, the conversation stopped. There's five seconds of no topic. And so what do we do? Oh, we just, oh, I just need to send a quick text message. No, you don't. You just hate the quiet. You're going crazy in the quiet. We have to think about the stillness. The Philokalia writes this. It says, the silent person places himself in the presence of God and waits for God to fill him with his presence. Let's be honest. Maybe you're not connecting with God. You're not seeing God. You're not hearing God. You don't know any more about God. You're saying, I don't know why. You're right, Abuna. That's exactly what I feel. Silence and stillness and alone time. We're going to talk about that right now. Stillness is never empty, but always full. The desert teaches this. Stillness is never empty, but it's always full. For you in the beginning when it's silent, you feel like, okay, it's empty. I feel like almost naked when it's silent for five minutes, right? How many of you guys get that feeling sometimes? All of a sudden there's this awkwardness. I don't know what to do. And so I pull out my phone. I turn on the TV. 
I listen to Spotify, I call up a friend, I'm texting, I'm snapping, I'm Insta, all these things. What the Bible and the church is teaching us is that stillness is never empty, but always full. What's your favorite thing to do when you go to a monastery? What do you want to do when you go to a monastery, like in the middle of a desert in, in, in Egypt? What are you like looking forward to? You want to sit with a monk that has like a fly on his face? He's not even brushing away. I used to go crazy in St. Anthony's Monastery. There was a time where there used to be like a plague of flies in the monastery in California. And there was a monk. He's my favorite monk in the world. I would sit with him and there would be a fly on his face and he would be sitting, not, move, not wiping it away and I'm, the whole time I'm like, like wiping. He's like, stop it. He's like, I don't feel it. It doesn't bother me. So the whole time, there's flies just landing on his, he's not moving. It's driving me crazy. Like, I'm, I'm like, like, I can't look at this monk anymore. Like, he, like, he's got flies and he's not moving. He has this stillness inside of him that is like, I remember he would go into his room after liturgy, go into his room. And like, we wouldn't see him. He would disappear for like a couple hours. And then he would come out and just share treasures of, of an encounter with God. And I would just want to see and listen to everything that would come out of his mouth. He was so full from his silence. And here we are after liturgy, talking and whatever, and that monk went too long in the liturgy, and this whatever, and we're making noise, and all of us are so empty. And one person who spent like half an hour of alone time comes out, and rivers are flowing out of them. I'm not talking about the monks. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about the emptiness that's taking place maybe in your marriage, in your friendships. You have no direction in your life. You have so much fog in your mind because you're constantly, you have zero silence. You have zero alone time. And I'm telling you, everyone around you listens to you speak or to me speak and they're like, they're draining me. They're sucking me dry because they have no substance. They talk about nonsense, just nothingness over and over and over again. I'm sitting with young people all the time and they all have friends, but none of them have friends. Why? Because you don't like your friends. You know why? Because you add no value to them and they add no value to you. Those are hard words. Like, let's just be frank. Let's be real. This is really something concerning. Jeremiah 3, 11 to 13 says this. It's actually Jeremiah 2, sorry. It says, has a nation changed its God, which are not God's, but my people have changed their glory for what does not profit. Be astonished, O heavens, at this, and be horribly afraid, be very desolate. Listen to this. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and honed themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Imagine if you go to a well, like, you know, if you've ever been to, if anybody's ever been to a place where they drink from wells, you take a bucket and you walk five kilometers out there, you go from a well, you fill out your bucket. If this bucket has a crack, that's going to be your worst day, okay? You just walked five kilometers to go fill a bucket that has a crack on it that is leaking. So by the time you get to where you need to be, your bucket is what? Empty. What God is saying is that you are the broken cisterns. 
You are those vessels that are broken. You hold no water. Emptiness. If the church becomes empty because its vessels are empty, you guys are the vessels. I am the vessels. If the church becomes empty because its vessels are empty, where will the world drink from? You're saying, well, what does this have to do with the new year? It has everything to do with the next stage. If you don't have me time and God time, I'm not saying just say a prayer at night. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about me time and God time to be filled with the presence of God. God wants to meet you and he wants to speak to you face to face. So many people say, Abuna, I've had no encounter with God. Sometimes we see full generations in high school of kids that just don't, like, they don't get it. You're like, why? Because they don't sit with themselves. So they never encounter God. Maybe it takes them some maturity for them to say, it's time for me to like meet God. I go to church so many hours a week. I go to Tazbahas for hours. I spend days fasting for, you know, communion at night. And then I never met God. Why am I doing all this? Because we're empty. Be careful of this broken cistern life. So what's causing the leakage? Like I said earlier, social media. Somebody was sending me like a, a book that they're reading about people that are, have different addictions. And what social media is doing is that it's clouding all of your thinking. That you can't know, like realize, you don't realize that you are automatically comparing to everything that you're looking online. You're comparing yourself to the way you look, the way you dress, the car that you have, the watch that you wear, the phone that you, whatever. Like, you are constantly comparing. You know what is being pouring into your mind? Racism. How many of you now hate Jews or hate Palestinians or hate Muslims or hate Christians or hate Democrats or hate Republicans or hate whatever people or hate these people? How many of you hate those people? You know why? It's pouring in emptiness, leakage. And it's just pouring in. And you're like, I'm not racist. You're racist. No, we're all racist. You know why? Because everything from the world is pouring in nothingness and nonsense. Lustful thinking. Social activities. Oh, they went to here and we can go there. And they went out and they didn't invite me. And all of this. And what is it doing? It's draining you. It's draining you emotionally. It's draining you spiritually. Your view of yourself stinks. And you're like, why is that, Abuna? You're under the grip of Satan. and You have no time with God. I don't know how many people tell me that like, you know, like I try to read the Bible. I don't really have time to read the Bible. I'm like, you're in third grade, kid. Like you, you have to have time to read the Bible. Don't tell me that, man. Like we all have time to read the Bible. How long does it take to read a chapter? It's, let's say it's 14 verses, 15 verses. What does it take? Three minutes? You're a bad reader six minutes? How long does it take? You're like, oh my gosh, it only takes six minutes? Really? You're like, yeah, like try it once. You're like 38 years, like try it once, man. Like just try, read the Bible, read the word of God. Ah. But yeah, I have people tell me like, like 
everything about weed and why weed is healthy. I'm like, are you stupid? Like, you're, you, told, you read every article about weed? You never read the Bible once in your life? I get these people, and I'm like, my brain is frying as I'm talking to them. Why? Because just nothingness upon nothingness is pouring in. And I'm talking about these extreme things, but we don't realize how much love is being poured into you. How much, how much negativity is being poured into you and how much love is being poured into you. How much self-confidence is being poured into you. How much self-worth is being poured into you in, in a day. Just think about it. How much sense of security how much uplifting thinking comes from your friendships? Uplifting, like, I feel, like, inspired. I feel like I want to change the world. I feel like I want to spend time with God. I feel like I want to help others. I feel like I want to give. I want to sacrifice. I want to humble myself. Uplifting. How much of it? You say, nothing, Abuna. Really? Nothing? Yeah, nothing. Zero uplifting thinking. Our music. Like, okay, it's the clean version. It's the clean version of, of like killing and shooting, but there's no bad words in the middle. Like, good for you. Music and movies and social media and our friendships and even our families, our marriages are falling apart because no one is adding any substance. Okay, like the honeymoon years are over and now empty person is married to another empty person and it's just a bucket of emptiness. Somebody, like, sit with yourself. This year has to be a year in which you change this aspect of your life. You need to sit with yourself. Think about the ungodly friendships. Too many activities. Moms, how many of you out there are planning every second of your child's like day off or like they have soccer practice and they have to take piano and then they have to go to Al-Hayim class and then they have to go to Bible study on Tuesday and then they have to make sure that they're studying because they have to do it. And then like the kid is like, look at this picture of this lady. This is a picture of Washington, D.C. In one, in one picture. O or America. You know, every time I meet somebody from like, I don't know, like South Carolina, they're like, they're like, yeah, we have like a slow pace. I'm like, what do you do? Like, what do you do there? Like, you guys don't have soccer practice in South Carolina? You don't have like study? Like, I don't know what it is about DC, but it's just crazy. It's true. And it's a trick from the devil. And he knows that you are going to become more empty and emptiness will bring more emptiness upon everybody around you. And it's just draining. And somebody has to say, stop. So the church has to come and say for one year, stop. We were even discussing with the fathers. We're like, Tuesday night we have Bible study. Wednesday night we have deep dives. Thursday night we have grad meeting. Friday night we have youth meeting. Saturday night we have Tisbah. Saturday morning we have Arabic liturgy. Saturday morning, Sunday we're like, ah! Like I'm, like, I'm going crazy. Like, this is not spiritual. It's not spiritual to do all this stuff. It's craziness. Even the church is copying the way of the world. Yeah, Kabuni, you want to cut Bible study? Yes. No. Just kidding. I want you to go home and read the Bible. There's this new invention. It's called Google. Okay? If you don't understand something, look it up. Church Fathers on Gospel of Matthew. It'll be there. I promise. Okay? That's what we do. We just figured out how to use Google better than you do. <laughs> okay? We need this, guys. We need this. 
filling every empty moment. Look at what St. Anthony says. He says, just as fish die if they stay too long out of water, so the monks, let's just call them Christians, who loiter outside their cell, their room, their time with God, or pass their time with worldly people, lose the intensity of inner peace. So like fish going toward the sea, we must hurry to reach our cell for fear that if we delay outside, we shall lose our interior watchfulness. St. Anthony is saying that if you hang out with worldly people, you're going to lose the intensity of inner peace. With all this noise, you will have no peace. Maybe as a young person, you don't think like you want peace until you have like no peace and you're like, okay, that's, that's, that's what I need. That's what I need. Maybe as you get older, you start to realize peace is the answer. That's what I need. Interior watchfulness, being aware of the way the enemy is pulling me from one habit to another. Being watchful, why I do what I do. Why am I always defensive every time my wife tells me to like, you know, fold the laundry? Why am I defensive? Something is going on inside and I have no idea and my wife is going crazy because she can't stand me because I'm always defensive about doing what a normal activity is to do. Why? Because something's not right inside of me. I need to discuss that. When the fathers, the deserts, talk about this concept of the cell. You know, monks, they live in cells, these little rooms. Okay, look at Pope Shenouda. He's sitting in his cell. When St. Paul, when, when the Lord Jesus says, enter into your inner closet or enter into your room and shut the door, it's the place of the work of the soul. Your soul is your being inside of you. Everyone look at me. You have a soul. There's a, there's a thing inside of you. It's called a soul. This soul is only created to be in connection with God. And when your soul does not connect with God and is not constantly like in its environment of being connected with God, you're not yourself. Something inside of you is not right. You feel lack of peace, lack of joy, you're cranky, you're feisty, you're rude, you're lustful, you're selfish. You say, what's wrong with this guy? His soul or her soul is not connected to God. So in your homes, when somebody feels like they're driving everyone else crazy, the soul is thirsty for work, for something to change in it. Your soul inside of this is, I'm not, this is not theology, like it or not, it's real. It happens inside of you. Whether you care about what I'm saying or not, you have a soul and your soul is only meant to be in connection with God. If it's not connected with God, you're a monster. It's, that's just what it is. I'm a monster. Everyone is a mon- We're all monsters as soon as you are disconnected from like the fish out of the sea. You can't pour from an empty cup. We as Christians, we're meant to be serving others. Maybe in your homes, there's no love. Nobody can help the other because everybody's like, well, you, you know, I didn't leave this cup in the living room. You left it there. Like, we're all empty and we have no Jesus inside of us, so we can't do anything for anyone else. You can't pour from an empty cup. You can't, you, you don't realize that you are pouring into others all day. You are pouring into your children, your spouses, your friends, your neighbors. Your, you're pouring into them, but you're pouring nonsense. And you're just creating a cycle of emptiness. Can, can I, can you look at me and like nod or am I just, the lights are going to break, I can't see them. We have to wake up. God's people are meant to have a Sabbath, right? The seventh day, you go and you do no work. You do nothing except for worship God. 
I'm asking us to just be able to start spending some time from within. The purpose of inner stillness is to silence the outer noise of worldliness that we may hear the voice of God. Silence all the noise so that you can hear the voice of God. If you have no direction in your life, chances are you have no, inner, you have no stillness. And the world is just blinding you, blinding us as leaders. We just do whatever. Hey, let's do a carnival tomorrow. Yeah, let's do a carnival. It'll be like, everybody will love it at church. Why are we doing a carnival? Just because this is what we do. But like, is that what God wants us to do? Who cares what God, like, everybody's going to love the carnival. Shut up, Abuna. Let's just get into the action, right? But that's not, that's not what God wants. Maybe God wants something different. Maybe God is saying, like, sit with me. And I can, you know, people keep on saying, Abuna, when's the next missionary trip? Or where is it going to be? They're like, is it going to be Egypt? Is it going to be Kenya? I'm like, it's going to be Gaza, and we're going now, okay? <laughs> Crazy person. I'm like, yeah, where else does God want the church to be? Where else does God want the church to be right now in the world? There. But nobody will ever sit with themselves to say, that's what you want from me. Maybe it's not Gaza. Maybe it's your neighbor. Maybe it's your spouse that you don't get along with. Maybe it's your... Uh, uncle that nobody wants to talk to anymore. God is trying to tell you where you need to be so that you can be filled. Why must I be full? Because you need to offer yourself to God. Because in your worship, we have three core values at St. Mark's. What are they? First one is worship. We say it every year for the last 500 years. Okay. Worship. Second one is discipleship. Third one is mission. Worship has to be a part of your life. These are the core values of every Christian. Because in your worship, you have to have something to give. Your mind has nothing to give because it's not filled with the presence of God or with godly thoughts or of inspiration. Your heart is full of... What, do we, what does Jesus say? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You want to know what's in your heart? Go through your text messages. You want to know what's in your heart? Not God, maybe. Your body, your words, your time. That's worship. So in the still waters, we come to know yourself. The worst thing is to be, you are the pink elephant in the room. Everybody else sees what you don't see about yourself. Isn't that like embarrassing? You're like, how come nobody told me? You're like, how did you not know? Every time you, like, you went to, people made fun of you because of the stupid things that you say. You're like, I just thought you guys were just, like, laughing with me. Every day? Your whole life? You've never said anything of value. You don't know yourself. Know yourself. That's the whole concept of being beside still waters, is that I say, ah, when I look into a mirror, I see something. St. Isaac says this, the man who is worthy to envision himself, the person who knows himself, is greater than that who thinks that he is worthy to see the angels. So a person that knows their real self is better than a person that sees angels in visions. And he is considered worthy to see his sins is greater than that who raises the dead with his prayers. In God's eyes, the person that knows themselves and is not blind to the pink elephant in the room, which is you, is greater than the one that raises the dead with his prayers. The silence 
is a way of waiting in the presence of God, watching, listening to what is going on within us and around us. How many of you have behaviors that you don't know why you do what you do? I don't know why I'm so defensive. I don't know why I'm always seeking praise. I don't know why I'm always snapping at people. I don't know why I feel aggressive. I don't know why I don't like prayer. How many of you have things that you don't know why you do what you do? That's something you need to discover. You need to know yourself. Otherwise, if you do what you do for the next 20 years, what happens? You just become this blind person that doesn't know anything. And so one of the main reasons why people, two reasons why people went into the desert in the early church was to know God deeply and to know themselves deeply. To know what is going on inside of me. I have baggage inside. I have hurt. I have pain. Maybe I grew up in a broken home. Maybe I never received love. Maybe I was made fun of. Maybe I never knew God. Maybe I lived in a life of sin. And I don't realize the way I am is because of, of some experiences in my life. Discover those things. This is a year that you could really mature so much if you can know yourself. You see, when you're in silence and you feel like you need to get out of silence or you need to speak or you need to get away or you need to distract yourself, you're interrupting the process of God. See, God wants to make change, but it only happens in silence. So if you know why you're not changing, chances are it's because you don't spend time in silence. There's a process that God is working in us to transform us from within. What interrupts that process is the lack of silence and stillness of our lives. Silence is facing yourself. Face yourself and say, I'm going to Paul, you're just selfish. You're just selfish. You need to fix that. You need to ask God to heal this selfishness in you. You hurt all of your friendships. You hurt everyone around you. You have a problem. Face yourself. Don't escape it. The way you escape it is by picking up your phone every second, by turning on the radio as soon as you get into the car, by turning on the TV as soon as we get into the living room, by, you know... Be careful of all that nonsense. Face yourself. Last, I want to give you practical steps. Things that you can do this year that can give you some space. You need some space. Number one, take quiet time daily. So there's 24 hours in a day. Let's say you're asleep for seven of those, eight of those. Okay, let's say you're awake for 16 hours. If you were to tithe, that 16 hours to God, that would be what? An hour and 60 minutes? No. <laughs> two, two, maybe two hours, I guess. Hour and what? Hour and a half? An hour and a half. If you were to give 1% of your day, 16 minutes? Can you give 16 minutes of your day to God? I'm talking about not even 1%. You're giving God 1% of your day. 1%. You know what 1% is? One penny out of a dollar is nothing. It's worthless. It's nothing. 1%. Give, spend time alone with the Lord. Wake up in the morning. Open your Bible. Sit in quiet. Don't like look up commentaries. Just sit quiet. Spend time alone with God. Number two, I want to encourage you to delete some social media apps. What I tell you is the amount that is pouring into you of negativity is way more than anything positive that's being built in you. So you're becoming empty. You are that empty person. Delete some social media apps. 
you're not going to be excited about it. It's not a, it's not a great thing, but you'll feel free. You know, a, a, a teenager tells me he, he gives up his phone for a week or two at a time. He says, I just feel free. I feel free. I'm no longer in bondage to this little slave owner of, of my phone. Number three, block off certain nights free from all activities. Monday night can be like a night where, hey, let's hang out on Monday night. I, I don't go out on Monday nights. Oh, do you need to? I, just, I don't do anything. I don't do anything. You're not, don't text me. Don't email. Don't snap me. Don't do it. Nothing. Have one night that I can sit with myself. Read. Pray. Write. Journal. Do some work out. Do something constructive. Okay? One night where you're not going out, especially our grads, they're every single night, there's like, sit with yourself. Sit with yourself so you don't end up empty. Add the Jesus prayer silently to your prayer rule. So if you have a prayer rule and you pray Agbeya, I want you to say the Jesus prayer silently. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner, in silence. It's called the prayer of heart. The presence of God is invoked in this beautiful prayer. Surround yourself with people that are full of the presence of God. Find uplifting, full friends. If people are draining you, just invest somewhere else. Don't let this person bring you to your death, okay? Invest in somebody that's going to fill you. Give time to spiritual reading. You have to. Anybody who doesn't read doesn't know anything about anything, okay? You have to read something, right? Even if, it's, if, you, if you feel comfortable reading on your phone because you feel like you're on your phone, then, then do that. But you have to. You know nothing about anything if you don't read anything, okay? You have to read. Don't tell me every article about weed. Read something about Jesus, okay? Read. Orthodox, preferably, Orthodox spirituality or the church fathers. Embrace the silence. You know when you're silent, you want to escape, you feel like nothing is happening? It's a process. I know you're going to try it once, you're like, oh, that didn't do anything. And you're going to give up on that. No. It's a process. God is working in your soul. He's fixing to, to be, make you a new person. Lastly is take spiritual retreats once a quarter. Go to a lake for a couple hours in the morning, walk around, journal, pray, read the Bible. Just think, talk to God. Do something that will just like a retreat from everything. Once a quarter. I'm not telling you to do it once a week or once a month. I know, it's Washington, D.C. Once a quarter, every three months, you can find a morning. You can say, honey, you get the kids, I'm going to go to wherever lake and just walk around. I need time alone with God. I need to be filled. You hate the husband that I am? I need to be filled. I need alone time. Okay. Glory be to God forever. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.